0: Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers to thrive on camera and in life, and to make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the phrase, write your dream role, an action at the heart of creating opportunity, a core principle of being camera ready and able. Here to discuss is Emily Grace, who is on a mission to help as many people as she can write their dream role and put themselves on the map. I love this. Emily is a career coach and Sundance award-winning actress who helps actors and others write and produce the role only they can play so they never have to wait for permission to do what they love. Oh, we are kindred spirits. Welcome to the (laughs) podcast, Emily. It's really wonderful to meet you.
1: Thank you, Barbara. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Well, I want to dive in, because I think this was in your your materials, is this quote, with great power comes great responsibility. The power you need to soar in your career is already inside you.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes, power. And you mentioned the word superpower, which I think goes hand in hand, which is also a great tool when it comes to the writing. There is a quality about a superpower, and yes, I absolutely am of the mindset that whether you're an actor, a writer, a host, a journalist, a creator, whatever it is that you want to make for yourself, you have the power to create it. And when you invest in learning how to make that for yourself instead of hoping to get picked or waiting for permission, you'll be so much more fulfilled and the the things that you invest your time in will... Matter to you rather than sort of being stuck in the constant hustle and only getting to do what you love because someone else picked you.
0: What's the hardest part of people getting started, making the shift to actually uh, get into this kind of mindset?
1: <laughs> yes, what is, is it? Good? <laughs> yes. So, you know, I come from the lens of working with actors. I also work with writers, filmmakers, you know, anyone who's creating something out of nothing. And I think the hardest part about getting started is actually getting started. That is Mm -hmm. the hardest part of what do I do and what step do I take? And people get very stuck in their head um, with, uh, and I do this as well, I'll try to think my way into clarity before I'll actually take a step. And taking a step is actually the best thing that you can do, even if it's in the wrong direction, because it will give you clarity, it'll give you information, it'll give you more data that then can help you take another step rather than just staying stuck in your head.
0: Mm -hmm. So what would be an example in your own life where you took a step?
1: Uh okay go down a number of rabbit holes. Let me think. <laughs> oh, we love
0: rabbit holes.
1: <laughs> we love rabbit holes. Um okay, let's see. I mean, it, starting my business about 15 years ago, I want to say, I knew I wanted to start a business. Thank you. It's, it's been a long road as I'm sure you can relate. Um I knew I wanted to start a business. I had no idea what I was doing. And so for me, the first step was I, I took a class with someone who knew more than I knew so I could learn some steps. And that sort of got me the idea. Um, my original business was called the Reiki scene, which was Reiki, like energy healing com- combined with ha- helping actors make uh, like business strategy, <laughs> like, plan- like actor business plans. It I totally get it best. by the way, I get it. <laughs> yeah, right? I understand like, it's
0: hyper niche, but I get it. Yes.
1: And I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, I know how to do Reiki and I know actors need energy healing and they also need a marketing plan. So I'm going to put these two things together and I'm going to put it out there. And that was my first step.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's a really powerful first step because you took the step. So what did you learn from that? Because clearly your business is no longer called the Reiki...
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's not called the Yes. scene. Yes. Um, I actually started making money. Like my first offer did actually start making money. So what I learned was how important coaching is. If you want to learn something new and you don't have the skill set or the expertise, you can hire someone or take a class or read a book to learn. Um, I think that's a huge lesson for anyone who's learning a new skill. I also learned... How amazing and awesome it is to create something out of nothing. Like, we have the power to create something out of nothing, which to me is like the coolest thing ever. (laughs) You can have an idea in your mind, whatever it is. If you want to be a furniture maker, if you want to be a journalist or a host, like, you can, whatever that vision is in your mind of what you see yourself doing, you can make that happen. You can create something out of nothing.
0: So once you've started making something, right. Um, how do you get that place? Maybe I'm even backing up because I love what you just said, but, and again, it's, it's, you know, in, in your own materials is that you don't know what you don't know. So you and I, both as coaches are really into, like I'm super comfortable with that now, but many people, um, it's not even that they're uncomfortable. They really don't know that they don't know so how do you work past that or what are the right questions
1: <sighs> this is this is sort of like the path of a of a business owner like the service that i provide i can only help the people who know that they need my help um and so it's helping someone get from having no idea that there's a problem to, I know there's a problem, but I'm not sure what the solution is to, I know what the solution is. Let me find the right person. And then them deciding that I'm the right person. That's sort of like the trajectory of, of my business, but helping someone know that they don't know what they don't know. I find (laughs) that it's really difficult, right? It's really difficult because they have to have a goal. They have to want to do something and be attempting to do it. Um, but yes, I, you know, What I help people do at the moment, you know, my business has evolved through many iterations, but the current thing that I do is I help people learn how to write screenplays Mm -hmm. and turn those screenplays into self-produced short films, which come like from that angle, a lot of my clients think they do know what they're doing, which almost makes them dangerous to themselves, <laughs> like not in a physical danger. But if you think you know how to do something and you don't, um, it just puts you into such a long period of frustration and pain and struggle because you think, and this was me, I thought I knew what I was doing. And so I didn't ask for help. I didn't learn how to write for many, many, many years, because I th- already thought I knew it. And it was just the pain of Starting, stopping, trying, failing, hating everything I was doing until I finally realized, oh, I think there's something I don't know. (laughs) And from there, uh, I was able to get help. But like, yeah, how, Barbara, how do you help someone know what they don't know? Like, how would you approach this?
0: I'll turn it back to you. (laughs) Well, I was actually really thinking about this in preparation for our conversation because so not to punt, I think I would say one is is kind of some basic questions just to ask yourself, like, do I know how the industry actually works? Do I know, just fill in the blank and to yeah. start to kind of have a checklist of questions. And that's really helped me when you, in in part of it has to then start to come to your point. There is kind of an arrogance, right? And so sometimes that arrogance is helpful because it moves us forward, but it also gets in the way of thinking, um, this is easy. And I'll be really honest, because I deal with this all the time, people coming from other fields and want to going on television, and total disregard for television. And so I'm like, do you watch? And they'll be like, no, like, why would I watch TV? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I would, it's like, wow, what other industry would you think about? I want to break into real estate, but I'm not going to study anything about the real estate market. And I'm going to think I'm going to be successful at it. I'm actually loving what you're saying in this conversation and we can extrapolate beyond actors because it is a total parallel thing yes. for any kind of host or creator who, you know, wants to put their idea out there. So if you're pitching for a show or an idea and multiple people have talked about this on the podcast before, including um, like Brian Baltazar. Who is a very successful executive producer and showrunner in the unscripted space, and other network executives? They said exactly what you just said. You have to create something that's like proof of concept. Yes. And so these are absolute parallels. And so, and on my side, and I would say this for actors: like, do you under actually understand what's being bought and sold now? Do you understand how films are financed? How do you understand what the um, streaming platforms are looking for? Are you following the trades and all the chaos that's happening? You know, at the with all the platforms right now. I mean, so are you aware of what's going on with the strike are, and yeah. what the actual core issues are and how that's going to impact you? So, the, so that's one thing, right? And actually, starting to understand it's like how do movies and projects get financed? What are all the people? Um, who are all those people? When you look at credits, do you understand what those titles mean? If I'm going to move this forwards, who's the most important person I need to know? Um, so, to your point, there's so and there's so much information out there between books, podcasts, training, seminars, courses fun talks that people do. So the information is accessible if you're willing to put in the work and to go find it. So I've, I love that you started to address this. So then the next thing I wanna ask you, because again, it's from your um, awesome one sheet, was why are actors so bad at writing roles for themselves? Because I actually see the same <laughs> thing in the unscripted space for you know hosts or subject experts who actually wanna put themselves in a position that doesn't play to their strengths.
1: Yes, yes. I love this conversation. And (laughs) I I think it ties back to something you were just saying about, you know, there's a, there's an arrogance or a hubris or a stubbornness or a, like an ambition that you have to have to be in the entertainment industry, Mm -hmm. period, the end, because it is, it's a challenging business, but that can also get in the way of the humility that you need to learn a new craft and to really understand and take a look at yourself and how you fit into the industry at large. Um, so what I see and and I'm imagine it might be similar to what you're seeing in in your space of this as well is a lot of times actors want to write a role for the for the kind of skills they wish they had. And that's actually Counterproductive because if you're going to write a role for yourself or pitch a TV show that's based around your reality, you want it to be the most you possible where you can just walk on set and we can build a whole show around you and you just have to exist being you. If we're going to push and stretch and grow and all of these things, do that in class. (laughs) Writing a role for yourself for that reason is probably going to work against you because what what we talk about in my program is you want to find the sweet spot between what you love to do. Like some people love comedy, but they only only go out for drama, right? Like what you love to do as an actor, what matters to you as a human being and what you're good at. If you're not good at it yet, but you want to get good at it, wait until you're good at it before you actually write the role for yourself. Um, and some of the examples that I love, that I find really inspiring, um, of people who have done this really, really well, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, of course, with Fleabag. Like you can't, you can't imagine anyone else playing that role because it's so perfectly tailored to her strengths, to what she loves to do, to what matters to her, and just like her essence as a performer. Issa Rae and Insecure did an amazing job of what she's good at, what matters to her, the kind of on-screen representation she felt was lacking, the complexity of a Black lead that wasn't being seen. And so that was a driving force for her to create something that she felt was missing that was also a great opportunity for her to really lean into her strengths. And then those people went on to have their you know shows built around those characters that they created because it they found the sweet spot.
0: Okay, two fantastic examples, and to add to that, just as Mark is in the case of like with Fleabag, and I can't really speak to um Issa Rae's how how long her journey was, but I mean Fleabag starts as something that you know Phoebe Waller Bridge is workshopping performing. I'm assuming everywhere before it even gets to the Edinburgh fringe, I can't even say before it gets to Edinburgh. <laughs> at the Fringe Festival. And I'm and I'm so glad you brought this up because again, this idea of how long a journey can start from the kernel of an idea and how we develop it, and this is relevant for everyone listening. you know, take a storytelling class and practice that. You can start, you know, practicing and sharing your story. Um, you know, at the Moth and other kinds of venues and wherever you are and and writing short versions of it and sharing it. There's so many ways to practice this and learn to tell it and hone it and go deeper into it and get better at it. And that while you continue to train and grow, et cetera, meaning as opposed to um, Phoebe didn't say, Hey, I've got this idea and then wake up magically. I mean, it was a lot of work <laughs> in many, many years. The yes. other thing I want to go back to that you said, that's really beautiful is to actually also focus on the fact that this is craft. Yes. And can we speak a little bit? I don't know how you feel about this. It just popped into my head, the difference between a skill and a craft because this craft always, I mean, it's referred to as the craft, but it's also an art.
1: Yes. I don't know if I could give like an accurate definition of the difference between skill and craft, but the way I'm thinking about it is there are sets of tools that every writer uses. There's a process, there's three-act story structure, you know, there are tools that you can learn to understand writing structure and how to develop character and all of these things that need to go into a professional level screenplay. And then the craft of it is the implementing of those tools, the mastering Mm. of them, the finding your own voice and your own unique spin. And if you learn the rules and then you want to break them the way that you break them, that all to me starts to feel like you're really embodying the craft of it. Once you learn sort of the skill set, you know, I follow this roadmap, A, B, and C equals D, and now let me sort of make this my own thing to to discover my own unique voice.
0: Oh, that was fantastic. I want to add to that, or in the nonfiction space, to remind people, in nonfiction, there are story arcs. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. There is a problem, and then you have to solve it, whatever that is. And that we love tension, but tension doesn't have to be people throwing tables and things <laughs> that have become right. associated in reality. <laughs> um, I always just a joke because I worked for did a lot of stuff with HGTV for years. So you know, there it's like this. Oh my gosh, the the, uh, the chandelier just fell from the ceiling. What are we gonna do? You still have story arcs. Yes, and even you know
1: we're natural storytellers it's it's how our legacies mm-hmm. have been passed before there was a written word there was storytelling there were fables we are natural storytellers it's in commercials it's in a newscaster right we've got the feel good story of they struggled and then this thing happened and now they're thriving and there's like a there's a three act story structure kind of built into every kind of media from podcast to music to film and TV to non-scripted. It's all playing with the same rules of story, whether it's a three-act or a five-act, if it's a TV show, for example. But I think we're all really natural storytellers. Even it's, it's an unconscious competence that really, you can really tighten that up and make it work for you no matter what medium you're in, right? Commercials are telling a story. We just resonate with stories. That's how we connect. It's how we learn. It's how we have more empathy. It's why we buy the product. It's like it's it's everywhere in our lives, which I think is one of the reasons why it's such a powerful tool, especially if you really learn how to to wield it for, the message, whatever your message is that you want to spread or the story is that you want to get out there and in whatever format. So how did you come
0: to this? To to screenwriting? Yes. And realizing really your purpose and your core message, you know, why wait? Don't ask for permission. Go do.
1: (laughs) Yes. I came out that way. (laughs) I've always been that way um but you know I have I have an acting background I went I always knew I wanted to act I always loved storytelling since I saw E.T. in the theater and saw this Gertie up there and was like you can do that and it just was always exciting to me um so I studied acting at NYU and I just was very ambitious like if people told me I couldn't do something, I'd be like, I'm going to show you, you know, that's just, it's just, I came out that way. Um, so I was very ambitious. I did a lot of hustling and I ended up landing the first film I ever landed was a lead role in a film opposite a Tony Award winner and we ended up going to Sundance and we won an award at Sundance. And from there, we won all these awards all over the world. And so I was like, okay, like I've done it. The industry is going to come to me and I can just wait and I'm going to be the it girl. And I ha- I didn't have an agent at the time. I booked that film just of off of my own hustle. And then I didn't really know. I didn't know I was supposed to do more than that. I thought my work speaks for itself. And I was someone who I didn't really understand the business that I was in because it was my first film. And I just thought you look at the magazines and this is the it girl. And just things just seem like they just happen on their own. I had no idea what, what went on on the back end. From a business perspective, and I had no team or guidance, I just had my own ambition and my hustle. So that for me was, it was a really hard lesson at the time. It was very painful and frustrating. And like, I didn't understand what I didn't understand. It's a classic example. I didn't know what I didn't know. So there was nothing I could do to change what was happening, which was like a big big splash and then kind of a fizzle into nothing. So that for me was what planted the seed of my business, because I kind of went on a mission to to figure it out. And every time I would learn something new, I would call up all my actor friends and say, hey, did you know you could be doing this and you should be doing that? And I was just was always sharing my knowledge. Um, So that was the beginning of of the Reiki scene, as I mentioned earlier, um, and starting a business to help actors not go through what I had gone through. Um, And, you know, it's been a long journey to kind of end up here, but along the way, you know, life didn't work out the way I thought in my mind. I went through some experiences that in going through them, I was like, this is going to make a great TV show. Like I'm taking my notes, like this is going to be, this is, this is, I need to write this. I need to write this. So then I went through my own journey of trying to write and failing and hating it and finally finding a teacher just on my own, separate from my business. So I studied with a a TV writer who was teaching this amazing class. And she taught me all of these tools that illuminated everything I had been missing about screenwriting. And from there... I loved it so much. I loved the script that I wrote. I couldn't help sharing all the tools I was learning with my clients. And so finally, I was like, "I this is what I want to do. I don't want to talk about getting an agent anymore. I don't want to talk about how to get more auditions. Like, you can be creating your own stuff, and you should. Um, so that's sort of a truncated version of of how this happened. And since I've been doing this the last few years, I just love helping other people create something out of nothing, like seeing the light bulb moment where their idea finally clicks, seeing the amazing stories that people have to share and really empowering them to, to have the confidence that they can actually do this, that their story does matter, that it will make a difference. Um, and it, you know, it's, I'm always struggling with the balance between running my business and, and giving myself permission to stay on my own creative journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year I'm really committed to finish. I have two, three scripts that I've been kind of on and off developing and I'm really pushing myself to also make that as much of a priority as my business, which is <laughs> just challenging, but I'm working on it um, because I have a couple stories that I am really passionate about making as well.
0: Mm. I want to acknowledge too what you just said. It is so deeply gratifying as a coach and maybe just as a friend, but certainly as a coach to support or guide someone from the nugget or kernel of an idea or a dream to go through the steps and to get to the point where you're, you're in process and then have created something and, and ready to launch it or share it in any capacity is, is such a really deeply joyful thing. I want to go back to a couple of things just for anybody listening who is outside of this and doesn't really understand how this works. So, cause you tap, how did you get your role without an agent? Because you, it happens all the time. I mean, you have to start working before you can get an agent. And it seems to be a paradox for many people.
1: It, yes, it's a huge paradox. Um, so for me, I actually used to teach a program about this, which I don't anymore, but it's, it comes down to your relationships. Mm. Um, so what I did was, you know, I was trying to, I was in a showcase, I was in a play that, that we were allowed to invite industry to, I don't know if people do showcases like that anymore. It was a long time ago, but it was a, it was a play where I invited industry people and industry people were invited. And so then you, you know who came to the show because they leave their card. And so I got the card of everyone who came and I followed up with them. Seems incredibly simple, yet so many people don't actually do the follow-up to build the relationship or start the relationship. So I followed up with this casting director who at the time was mainly focused on casting background. And I could have easily said, oh, well, I don't want to do background. So I'm not going to do it. That I'm not going to follow up with this. I did it. And the timing, it was just was like serendipitous of like preparation, opportunity meets luck is preparation meets opportunity, whatever that
0: saying is. <laughs> yes. I have another I have a client who added persistence, which I love. Yes. O- yes. Luck is opportunity meets um, preparation meets persistence. Yes. I. Can't say my I yeah.
1: It's hard. It's hard to speak today. Um, but so I reached out to her just to, to, to thank her for coming to the show. And she called me soon after that and said oh by the way i'm casting in a feature film with a friend of mine so the film the writer director of the film that went to sundance was friendly with her and so he cuz they had a good relationship invited her to cast the feature so she called me in having seen me at the show and it when she told me the breakdown i knew it was just one of those moments where you're like it's happening It's happening. So it was uh, um, <laughs> it's a little offensive, but also it worked out great. So she's like, well, she's a plain woman from New Hampshire. And I was like, I'm from New Hampshire. <laughs> I can totally play plain, like easy. Um so she started telling me the breakdown. And so that's how I got the original audition. I put myself out there. Someone came to see my work. I reached out to build a relationship with them and the timing just happened to be really perfect. I got the audition and then of course worked my little ass off to prepare and do the best job that I could. They called me back many, many, many times um, because they had wanted a star for my role. This is actually might be inspiring to people too. Um, when they say star only, or you think you don't have enough clout or credits or whatever or it Instagram is. followers, Instagram or followers. It. Yes. They wanted a star for my role and they couldn't find someone willing to do it. Cause it was about a sex worker. Um, and a lot of ac- younger actresses at that time didn't want to be labeled as that. So they were turning it down. Um, when they got the Tony Award winner to come on board as, as the other leading role, she had the clout that they needed to raise the money. And so they were able to cast an unknown as the other lead, which is another, I could have easily talked myself out of it and said, Oh no, I'm never gonna, uh," but I, you know, I stayed the course. I did the absolute best work that I could possibly do. I just kept moving forward as if I already had the role and I was preparing to be on set. That's how I approached it. Um, Oh, did you actually visualize I'm sure that I did. I, I'm sure that I, did. I mean, I was just living, breathing this character, like all the time in my acting class with my partner at the time, just like reading the side of I just was like living as if.
0: <laughs> I think that's so important. And I'm yeah. just so glad that you brought up the point about relationships because it is a relationship driven yes. business to begin with. Um, and you, you took all the right steps. And it's also a reminder too, and this has come up a number of times on the podcast, that um, especially in the acting space, that people have to see you a number of times. And then also when you get into, um, you know, things where money, there's budgets. And, and whether yeah. it's the casting director and people along the, the steps. Anyway, you have to trust in your capacity. So yeah. in, before they're going to put their reputation on the line, and say, I can recommend this person. Another thing I wanna ask in the behind the scenes, because it goes back to what you're talking about, the core of you know writing a character that plays to your strengths and it's who you are. Just to, if you can, walk through why that matters to the gatekeeper, because sometimes it's hard for a young creator who's not understanding, they're in their head, and they have a hard time putting themselves in the head of the person who's actually gonna read it and have to make a decision and when they're making that decision, if someone's gonna go say, I like this, they're putting their own creative and professional reputation on the line a little bit to their boss or to whoever, or you know, whatever, there's a checklist of, of things we look for that um, the criteria that says, yes, this is something that we wanna do.
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to what you were just pointing out about getting to the level where you trust someone, mm. like. Having to see them enough times to to feel like you can trust them that they're capable, because at the end of the day, this is a business that has a bottom line. And anyone that's going to pick you up or pick up your show or pick up your scripts, they want to make money. (laughs) They want to make money. And when you play to your strengths, there's just not a like the quality is just going to be higher. It should be. It'll be easier for you. If you're not writing to your strengths, it's going to show up in the writing. There's going to be an uncertainty or a lack of mastery or a little bit clunky. But when you're playing to your strengths, it's easier for you. And also, like you were pointing out, that that sense of honesty. If you are an expert in whatever it is, the experience that you're telling, the character that you're playing – it will resonate on a universal level the more spe- specific you are the more universal that story will resonate um so if you're not really the expert in what in the story that you're telling it's just not going to resonate as deeply as it would if, as someone who's lived it or or collaborated with someone who has lived it and you're sort of you know if it's a collaborative writing effort then you can combine both of your expertise. but if if you're not playing to your strengths, it's almost like, you know, I'm used to do Reiki, so I'm into energy and like frequencies and vibrations. Like when someone is vibrating at their frequency, you feel it. You mm. feel comfortable with them. You feel like you trust them. You believe what they're saying. If someone is vibrating at a frequency that's not quite theirs, they're energetically, you feel it, even if you can't point to why, but it kind of makes you want to lean away from them. And you're not quite sure if you can trust what they're saying. And I think that that translates into the work that they create as well.
0: Can you walk us through a little bit how your course works or how working with you works? Yes.
1: I could talk about this all day. So (laughs) We try to be brief, which is a great lesson for screenwriting. So how to be brief. Um, so I, the way that I work with people is I have a program of tools that's going to take, it's like a roadmap from idea to finished script with professional level writing tools every step of the way. So you're developing your idea in baby steps. Um, we start with a really deep dive in your characters so that you are creating people that are complex and nuanced that your audience is going to root for and you're actually setting up that conflict from the beginning so you're creating characters to clash with each other from there we're going to add more tools like scene structure three act story structure because i work with shorts. This would not work for like a TV pilot. It's going to be a different act structure, but for a short or for a feature, it's three act structure. Then you're going to learn about the process of outlining, which to me, like, was the best tool I ever learned. I used to think a writer just sits at your computer and you just start writing your scripts. Like you just sit down and write a scene and another scene and magically it's this movie that's amazing and structurally sound. Um, so outlining to me is so incredibly valuable so we spend a lot of time setting up your foundation really thinking through your idea deepening your characters before you ever actually get to scene writing because once you get to scene writing you're just going to follow the roadmap of your outline you don't have to think about how does my story end now I'm in a corner and what do I do um so once you get to scene writing before all the way through you are then bringing in your work your pages your scenes for feedback along the way to make sure what you're writing makes sense that what you're trying to communicate comes through that your story is structurally sound and then once you actually get to writing the script itself you know we're act by act we're we're making sure that everything Every setup has a payoff, like everything makes sense and is compelling. So that's sort of an overview of it.
0: And what do you do once you're done? Like, how do you share this with the world? It's like, there's so much opportunity and then it's overwhelming.
1: Yes. So part of my program includes uh, what's called the self-production program, which is another roadmap for those who want to self-produce, which most people come to me because that's what they want. Um, So that is another, you know, and if you think about the entire mountain that you have to climb, you'll never get started, which is one of the reasons why I really enjoy helping break it down into those baby steps, which is the same thing that we do with self-production. We just go step by step. Um, And one of the most important aspects of that program is there's a hiring process for how to hire your team, whether you can pay them or you can't pay them, whatever your budget is but i think what a lot of actors or filmmakers make a mistake with is they just make an offer to someone who who might kind of be willing or interested to work on their film they don't actually really assess a team and make a decision. They let the person make the decision for them. And then they end up in a situation where it's not the right fit or they have really different working styles or their goals are totally different. So one of the most important things once you're ready to move into self-production is the best choice you can make is like building the right team. So there's a, there's an extensive hiring process of how to sort of qualify candidates and how to interview them. So you're making a priceless. I just want to, I want to echo (laughs) this on on my
0: end. Cause I work with a lot of people to actually prep them for like, when they've gotten far enough that they're going to go pitch somewhere either for financing or to go to share to a network and, and, and anyway, and having to help people through um, I hired the wrong people. And so, gosh, this is phenomenal that you're offering this in advance. What other mistakes do people make and that you're anticipating in advance?
1: So many. uh, I mean, I think a mistake that people make is they don't think about like, okay, so for I'll, I'll use pitching for an example. If you write a show and you haven't done any research about what network it would be good at, and then you're pitching sex and tits murder graphic murder to like fox it it's they're not going to buy it right it's network you can't show that like what are you doing (laughs) you have to so there i think i think people don't think that far ahead of like where might this film go what do i want to do with this film do i want to go to the film festival do i want to pitch and sell it do I want to just release it on my own? Is it like something that's really message driven that I just want to pitch to colleges and do talkbacks about this topic? Um, so I think that's a really important aspect of it that, uh, that many creatives don't really think through is why I'm doing it. Where do I want this to land? And then following the steps to get there, um, pitching it to the wrong places <laughs> trying to get it in front of the wrong audience. Um so that's another mistake I think that people make. But like the biggest ones are trying to figure it out themselves. Like don't go through that pain. Oh, it's just gonna be so much harder and take so much longer. It probably cost you a lot more money. Um they don't have the right tools and then they hire the wrong people. Like that, that I think once you're in moving towards production, pre-production that the absolute worst mistake that you can make is to hire the wrong person. And they can, if you don't have the right contracts in place and you don't have your copyright in place, they can ruin your film so that it never sees the light of day. Um, So that's something else that we talk about is like copyrights and contracts and really making sure that you own your own IP because it's really, really, really valuable. I think a lot of creatives, get into these these collaborations because it's so fun and easy at the beginning and it seems so exciting and that person would never take advantage of me. they don't have any contracts in place and then they find out a really hard way that that wasn't the best idea.
0: <laughs> gosh this is so good. you know and, and, <laughs> I, just to add to that a little bit is the um, and I'm sure you do this as a coach is it's also the self-awareness around how do you handle conflict. Yeah. And just, and it's just to be honest with yourself, it doesn't mean you have to wake up and suddenly be some tough person that you're not, but that's a big awareness thing, because then that should impact who you hire and who you have around you. And 100%.
1: Because this
0: happens with founders is to define what role you want to have in the company that you're creating. Um, and what are your strengths? Because not everybody's born to be a CEO. Some people are strictly like vision oriented. And, and do I need better business people around me? And I'm the creative and I, I want to produce this, but I maybe I need somebody who's going to be a little bit more heavy handed person here so I can be the big right. cop. It's really the awareness around that is, again, can make a break because you've done such this hard work. I've worked so hard with Emily Grace and I got all this way. And then for it to implode because I forgot that final find a really important part of the puzzle. This has been amazing. So where do people find you? I have, so I have
1: a free resource, which is like a, someone who wants to get started writing a script. It's called writeyourdreamworld.com. I'm on Instagram at the only Emily Grace. There are actually many other Emily Graces. (laughs) (laughs) I am the only Emily, the only Emily Grace. Um, And then my website is pickfordwest.com.
0: And is that where people can reach you if they want to work with you?
1: Probably Instagram is probably the best way. Yeah. The only, just DM me. I'm on there often. That's
0: fantastic. And I'll put all this information in the show notes. Thank you so much for making time.
1: This has been a pleasure. I, I really, I love the direction that the conversation went. So thank you for having me, Barbara.
0: I could talk to you all day. And um, I want to thank the audience for listening because they know I could talk all day. (laughs) I really appreciate you. And if you're looking to tap into your greatness and become all that you're meant to be, including a better leader and maybe a more impactful subject expert and media personality, please shoot me a note via my website, ableintermedia.com. And be sure to download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already.